Welcome to the Conservation Today Show. We interview people about our environment in Douglas County. I am your host, Francis Etherington. Today we are going to speak with Antonio Gisbert and with Patty Sharon from the Oregon People's Rebate. Now, why don't you two introduce yourselves and then we'll go into what the rebate is all about. Antonio, you wanna start? Thank you. Hello, everybody. My name is Antonio Gisbert, and I am the chief petitioner of the Oregon People's Rebate. Patty? <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Patty Sheeran, and I am working with Antonio on the Oregon People's Rebate. <laughs> All right. I'm so happy to be here, Francis. Thank you for inviting us. Well, thank you both thank for your time and for uh, telling uh, Douglas County citizens or anybody else who listens to this, what is the Oregon People's Rebate? It is a bill that you are collecting signatures for uh, to be on a referendum in 2022, correct? Yep, Francis, that's exactly right. So most of your listeners will be familiar with the uh, initiative and referendum process here in Oregon. Uh, we've used it many, many times ago in the past to um, make Oregon a better place. Uh, what we are proposing to do in 2022 is to bring to the voters this question. Could you use $750? The Oregon People's Rebate will rebate every Oregonian about $750 every year. Uh, when we say every Oregonian, we really mean that everyone regardless of age, income, or status, will be eligible to receive this annual rebate. The only requirement is to be an Oregonian. We define that as somebody who spends at least 200 days of the year in the state of Oregon. The money for the rebate comes from increasing the minimum tax for the largest and most successful corporations doing business in Oregon. So after $25 million, these corporations right now pay less than one eighth of 1% in taxes to Oregon. And we're proposing to increase that to 3%. For comparison, you and I, human beings, we pay between five and 9.9% tax in Oregon. We're asking corporations to start paying their fair share and pay at least 3%. And that's it. It's that simple. It's only four pages of text. Folks should go to our webpage, opr2022.org, and look for the full text of the petition and decide whether it's right for them or not. I will include that website in the description of the podcast to make it easy for people to find it. So if I heard you right, corporations pay far less income tax than people do in the state of Oregon? Yeah, it's, it's really shocking. Like when you do the math, when we first started doing the math, we did it a bunch of times because we thought that we had, we, like our decimal place was wrong <laughs> because it's such a small number. So in Oregon, it's kind of complicated. There's, there's two corporate taxes. Corporations have to pay the largest the, the highest of 
to corporate taxes. There, and if you think about it, this can be like when you're buying a car, there's a sticker price and then there's what you pay, right? So the sticker price for these corporations, what's called their income tax is 7.6%. But what they do is that they, they, they work their uh, tax liability all the way down to, uh, to about one eighth of 1%. And that is when they bump into the state minimum corporate tax. So they get all this, they go from 7.6, they get all these discounts all the way down to basically zero. And then that's what they pay because they have to pay the higher of the two. We are raising that one eighth of 1% to 3%. So they can still, corporations will still be able to pick and choose what deductions they get and whatnot. But as soon as they get to 3%, uh, they'll, it won't benefit them anymore to, to get more deductions, so they'll just pay that minimum. So the new minimum will be 3%. Mm -hmm. Yes. They actually might pay more than that if they don't have the right amount of deductions. That, that's exactly right. And so then the question is like, who, what corporate, or one of the questions is what corporations have enough attorneys and accountants to work their deductions all the way down to zero. And in fact, um, most of our locally owned businesses are not those corporations, right? So if you're a, a smaller corporation, local business, you probably do not have an army of attorneys to, 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 to get every single dollar of, of deduction. And so this is one of those things that that is structural unfairness on our, our local business owners and local business tend to be smaller and favors the giant corporations, Comcast, Walmart, Bank of America, these folks, you know, and, and another thing, I mentioned this before, but just to highlight the new minimum tax that we're proposing starts at $25 million. So the first $25 million is unchanged. So if you have a business uh, that sells $68,000 worth of stuff every single day, which is a lot, um, the Oregon People's Rebate won't, make, won't cause you to pay any more because you're paying, because $68,000 per day is, does not get to $25 million per year. The threshold is $68,493 to be exact. So really, I mean, just that's to give you an idea. These are large corporations, right? Your local coffee shop is not selling $68,000 worth of coffee every day. Like I've worked in retail many years as a younger person. I've never closed out a till at the end of the day with 68,000 bucks. And so that yearly uh, amount, what was it again? $28 million? Twenty-five. $25 million. So they don't pay the 3% increase on the first 25 million. They just pay the Oregon required minimum on their first 25 million. Right. Correct. So any corporation that doesn't make over 25 million, this will not impact them at all. Right. And for those enormous corporations, their first $25 million remains unchanged. Right. It's like, it's a marginal tax basically. For those of, for your 
your audience who's into that kind of stuff. That's a ten dollar word. <laughs> so we're going to raise the minimum income tax on anything over twenty five million for anybody, whether it's a corporation or a person or for any, I mean, if a person happens to make 26 million and they aren't incorporated, would, would they pay extra tax? No, so the Oregon corporate tax is kind of, there's sort of two buckets, there's human beings and then corporations. And we're only, we're only touching the corporate tax minimum. And so you've estimated how much money, extra money, the state of Oregon will get. Now, will 100% of that amount go to a rebate to people? Yeah, pretty much. So um, the, the math on this is a little bit cloudy, not because we don't have PhDs and we're good at math, but because um, it's a bit of a trade secret how much money corporations make. So there's a lot of um, secrecy around that. Having said that, uh, the, the best estimate is that the old people's rebate will generate about, or a, a conservative best estimate, I should say, is that the old people's rebate will generate about $3 billion every year. There's 4 million Oregonians, and that's where we get the about $750 because everybody's going to get an equal share of that rebate. Um, of course, um, that is conservative, could be more. It also could be less. And, you know, with every year, it will change a bit. Uh, uh, but importantly, the Oregon People's Rebate is intended to be revenue neutral to the state. So, uh, whatever money comes in, there's some, there's some, there's some uh, processing by the state. You could imagine that they're going to use spend money on postage to mail checks to people and stuff like that, um, and and so then that will get deducted from the revenue. Shouldn't be much, and then uh, then the the rest of the money gets divided up by the population, and then it gets sent out. There's a we we build in a couple of like little provisions. So for example, people can choose to decline their rebate and then that, that goes back to the state to pay for basic services like education, public education, yeah. senior services and healthcare. That is something, you know, a lot of folks say, well, you know, this is great, but I personally do not need a rebate. And I feel that this, that the state programs are underfunded. So then that's an easy thing to do. Um, and, um, and I should also say that if money is not claimed at the end of the year, it gets put back into the pool for the following year. So, um, and, and we did that, and maybe it's worth talking about this in comparison to the Alaska Permanent Fund Dividend. It's a, it's a program that's been around since 82 uh, that, uh, that we sort of studied when we developed the Oregon People's Rebate. Um, the Alaska Permanent Fund Dividend is a program that taxes oil and gas extraction, and then that the revenue gets put into an investment fund. The dividend of, or the interest of it, gets paid out every year to Alaskans 
and they get about 1200 bucks, 1,000, 1200 bucks every year. This has been going on since 82. One of the, you know, there, there's, there's obviously real problems with the destruction of our environment by, by using extractive carbon uh, um, um, by, by, by extracting carbon from, from the earth, right? I mean, it's just like, we're killing the planet. So that's bad. Um, but in addition to that, <laughs> the Alaska Federal Fund dividend makes this giant pool of money that every decade or so, politicians in Alaska get into gigantic fights about what to do with this giant pool of money. I mean, it's because it's, it's really like, it's really a giant pool of invested money in, in, in Wall Street. And so for us, it was really important that roughly the only people's rebate zero out every year so that there'd be no giant pool of money in Salem to make sure that people did not get uh, tempted <laughs> to raid <laughs> that pool of money. So you, you uh, looked at Alaska the state of Alaska, which does something similar with their oil and gas extraction yeah. business, which they do a lot up there. And uh, they distribute the money to the population, but you've made some tweaks in that to uh, go a little smoother in Oregon, yeah. like not having a pool of money, for instance. Now, who would get the $750? Would a seven-year-old get $750? A 16-year-old? Do you have to be 18? Do you have to actually pay taxes to get the money? Uh, thank you. Uh, the short answer is that every human being gets the money. Uh, Patty, I feel like I want to bring you into the conversation. Do you want to like, <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate you, Antonio. But I love hearing you talk. I mean, uh, you've been involved in the campaign since the very beginning, which is why I'm more than happy to defer to you. I only became interested in the campaign a couple months ago, and I'm so passionate about it that that's why I'm here. But no, please, Antonio, you have the answers, so please continue. <laughs> Thank you, Patty. Um, yeah, uh, Francis, I think that the answer, is, the answer is yes. So if you're a human being, um, then you're eligible. If you're a human being who lives in Oregon, if you're an Oregonian human being, we think that you are equally uh, eligible for the rebate. So, so that means that, yeah, um, a minor or a dependent, their rebate, obviously the state of Oregon is not gonna write a check to a child, that's ridiculous, uh, but they will uh, send the, that person's rebate to, uh, to their guardian or their parent um, if you, you know, we think that people who are unhoused, not working, retired, undocumented, and incarcerated, we think that those people are people too. And so they're also eligible to get the rebate, you know, and that is, that is part of a greater, I think, uh, movement or, or tradition of, of rights expanding in society. So uh, I'm not involved in this work but I'm sort of, I have an ear out for it. There's, there are some bills now in Salem talking about uh, extending uh, voting rights to folks who are incarcerated. And so, you know, this is an extension of rights. Yeah, uh, just like we, we often think about, and, and I know that in the environmental world, there's a, there's a, I, there are ideas about 
the rights of nature and extending rights out, right? There's this analogy of a pebble in a still pond and rights sort of extend out. And so, so yeah, we think that people are people and we feel like really passionate about it. Uh, a religious friend of mine described it as, as I explained this to them, they said, oh, you mean all souls? And I said, yes, yes, you could say it like that. All souls that have been born. <laughs> I actually, you, Francis, would you mind? I actually have a question. Oh, <laughs> Based right on your answer, Antonio. <laughs> I want to know, so at what age would the checks go to um, a minor? Or would it be like as of age 18, would they start getting the check to them directly? Yeah, think about it. It, it, it should work much like paying taxes. Although for, for the record, you, you don't have to pay taxes to be eligible for the rebate. So you, so you could imagine that, uh, so yeah, I mean, whenever, whenever the, the minor starts paying taxes and doing things independently, then that would be the time when they would request, it makes sense for them to request a rebate themselves. There's nothing against a parent turning to their 16-year-old and saying, here's your 750 bucks for the year, right? I mean, that's totally fine too. Um, uh, but that, that's really, I mean, we didn't micromanage that. We feel that people figure that out, right? I mean, parents get money for having children in terms of like earned income tax credit, for example. And that there are many programs that, that work. And the children don't end up fighting the parents for that money, right? Mm. Like, mm. you don't see that happening. <laughs> I guess another minor detail that could be worked out later is, what if you don't have an address? But like I say, those things can be worked out. Yeah, um, we don't have all the answers, but we do have that answer. <laughs> so oh, thank good. you for bringing that up. <laughs> so we worked, uh, Fairly closely, we work very closely actually with um, with uh, folks who are who are experiencing homelessness in and around the Eugene area. When that and that is where this idea was sort of born and, and nurtured. And so we build in, we added language that actually says that um, if you don't have an address, you can have a, a third-party agency sort of certify. Uh, your address and and receive your uh, your rebate for you, so um, so your local agency that helps uh, folks who are experiencing homelessness could receive mail on behalf of those people they serve, and when the people come back, they would just hand out the check and help them cash it and and whatnot. So. The, after we win in November 2022, look at how I just put that out there in the world, there's gonna be a year, right? The, the first rebates will start coming out in January, February of 2024. So there will be a year where you know, we'll do a lot of outreach uh, to make sure that these agencies will be ready to help the people they serve uh, manage and work through the process. Like there's also gonna be a very simple form to fill out to request a rebate. And so we'll, we'll make that all happen. 
Oh, interesting. So uh, it'll be an average of 750 a year. It might be a little more, might be a little less. Yeah. Um, probably as time goes on, it will become more because uh, of inflation and increased earnings. So, um, and there's no restrictions on how people can spend the $750. If their cost of living increases due to the increased corporate tax, the 750 can help pay for that cost of living increase, I assume. Yeah, and that's right. I mean, that question, Francis, there was a lot of, there was a lot of information there uh, as, a, as a sort of general principle, we trust people. And it is not up to me to tell you what to use your rebate for. And we feel really strongly that, that having that, that trust is essential. So it's, it's just cash, you know? So that we think is really important. Um, another point that you brought up in that question was, what's gonna happen through, through time? Is it likely going to go up or down? You mentioned a bunch of forces, but you missed one that is uh, consolidation of industry, which I think is really important and key, right? So ever since, ever since Amazon started selling books, back whenever it was 20 years ago and then and then Starbucks and then Walmart right we've seen an an, an attack on on our main streets and our local com communities and economies on behalf of of uh, economies of scale and 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 Wall Street like multinational ginormous corporations and so this is this is a long term trend that we hope to put the brakes on a little bit, but we don't think that the people's rebate is going to be the final answer to that. So we, if the trend continues, then you can you would imagine that the that the rebate will be will increase because there's those giant corporations will are going to continue to get more giant. So so that that's a trend that we frankly motivated was partly responsible for motivating this work that, uh, that, that we seek to do something about. We don't think we have all the answers, but we would love to see Oregonians get their $750 rebate that comes from increased minimum tax on Comcast, Walmart, Bank of America, these giant corporations, and then turn to their main streets and get that money working locally. We have this lookup table on our webpage where you can punch in your community, your town, and you'll see the economic impact of the people's rebate in your community. So in, in Eugene, for example, just a number off the top of my head, it's about $126 million every year, uh, which is, which is a ton of money that is going to come to the Eugene community. Where are you based, Francis? Outside of Roseburg, Oregon, Douglas County. Okay. So in Roseburg, it's gonna be, when everybody in Roseburg gets a $750 rebate, there's gonna be an, an extra 16 
million dollars into the Roseburg economy. So then you and your neighbors in Roseburg figure out how you want to spend that 16 million bucks. And, and with your choices, you know, you will, you know, you will change, you know, the community one way or the other, right? I mean, it's not for me to say, but it's important that now everybody in Roseburg is going to have that much more power. And this is super important because it, this is, because we, because everybody's getting the same rebate, then their repo rebate helps equally as proportion of the population in Portland, as in Roseburg, as in Merlin, right? They're just different numbers of people in each one. So the, the total is different, but everybody's getting sort of the, the, same, the same rebate. And the, those communities will see a similar uh, benefit. So we think that's actually really neat. We're kind of proud of that. Interesting. We are going to take a short break right now. We have been talking with Antonio and Patty about the Oregon People's Rebate. Uh, this is Francis Etherington, Conservation Today, and we'll be right back. We're back. This is Conservation Today, and we are talking with Antonio Gisbert and with Patty Sharon from the Oregon People's Rebate. Antonio, what are some of Oregon's big, bigger corporations that would be impacted by this? I heard you say Walmart, Comcast. I assume that these large corporations that are not based in Oregon, but have stores in Oregon, do still pay an Oregon corporate tax for the business they do in Oregon. What have you looked into what are some of the bigger corporations that would be impacted heavier than others on this? Yeah, um, thank you. So you're exactly right. So it's the minimum tax is assessed on business done in Oregon. It does not matter where the corporate headquarter is based. So this is really important. Uh, so we did some research at the public library and we pulled the list of about 2,200 Oregon corporations with more than $25 million of, of annual sales. It's a couple years, it's, a, it's about a year old now, the list, and it's not all of them. It's, you know, it's a, it's a guide, but it gives you an idea of, of, uh, of who these names are. And in fact, when you look at the list, um, you recognize them as giant corporations. So like Theo's Coffee Shop, uh, that's a plug to my favorite coffee shop in, 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 in Eugene, uh, Interzone here in Corvallis, it's fine. Uh, so uh, they were not on that list. <laughs> um, and so you find the people who you think you'd find, Nike's on the list. Um, you find uh, timber and uh, and oil companies um, that are that are organ based. They're on the list. Uh, you also find uh, all the giant supermarkets, the, the the Fred Myers, these kinds of things. The big box stores are there. Uh, you find the large the the, the large new car dealerships. 
uh, if you the the independent uh, local used cars lot is not there. They're not selling sixty eight thousand dollars worth of cars a day, and and really that sort of that sort of makes sense. I mean the 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 only people's rebate is designed so that the largest corporations who would um, who can afford, who ought to have the ability to pay taxes, but are not doing that, uh, that, that they do pay taxes. So uh, that, they, that they start paying some taxes, 3%, right? Like you and I pay between five and 9%. Is it too much to ask that Apple pay 3%? I, don't, I mean, we, we think not. Uh, is that list on your website? Uh, that list is not on the web page. We couldn't figure out how to hang it on there in a, in a, in a decent way. Um, but it's, it's, not, uh, it's not a secret. I mean, it's public information that we grab from the public library. So, um, but it's also incomplete. And, and one of the things I should say is that if you have a, an Oregon corporation, if, if, if you sell stuff out of state, it doesn't count because it's not an in-state sale. And so that list is really not perfect because we think that some of the companies are actually engaged in out-of-state commerce, which is great for them. But importantly, uh, for that out-of-state commerce, that does not fall under the minimum corporate tax. So like for instance, when Warehouser Corporation cuts a bunch of trees and ships them off to China, uh, unprocessed, they wouldn't pay anything on those trees because they shipped them to China. It depends. And, and it gets, tax corporate tax law gets really, really complicated real fast, right? And so the, the best way to think about it is this. If right now that corporation is subject to the minimum corporate tax and they pay less than one eighth of 1%, then they will have to pay 3%. If for some weird reason, like they are, they're classified under uh, an agricultural cooperative, for example, I know that they're not, but you know, there's, there's tons of loopholes and exceptions all over the place. If for some weird reason, they do not pay any tax, then they wouldn't pay any tax still. So um, hopefully that answers the question. So they don't pay, like Warehouser does not pay a minimum corporate tax on logs they sell to China currently. Gee, I didn't know that. Uh, I, I do not know that either. Sorry, sorry, I do not know about Warehouser corporate <laughs> tax doings. Like we would have to, we should call them and ask them. <laughs> but I won't answer. What's going to be interesting is that when uh, these referendums are offered by the people and it involves corporations, those rich corporations just plow the media with why people should not vote for this. It's really hard to overcome that media blitz from rich corporations. So um, don't know if you've got any plans to be successful in that area or not, it's a little bit down the road, it's 2022. 
<laughs> we have we have a big goal, <laughs> and it's to raise money to to because we know that that will be in um, kind of like an inevitability, right? So it's something that we have planned for, um, and we're taking very very seriously. Um, yeah. So, but, but, but if your listeners want to help us, they can donate money to our campaign, you know, and you can find the donation button on our website. You know, that's uh, OPR for Oregon People's Rebate 2022.org. I know you put it in the description, but just in case I want people to hear it. It's Oregon People's Rebate 2022.org. What other ways can people help with this? Excellent. Uh, well, right now we're collecting our first thousand signatures. Is that, do you mind if I answer this one, Antonio? <laughs> so, um, so this is something that I've learned recently. In order to be to get a ballot measure on the at on the election, we have to first collect one thousand signatures so that we can send to the Secretary of State. Um, and request a ballot initiative. And so we're in the beginning stage of collecting those first thousand signatures. We're almost there, but we still need a few more. So if, again, if you please visit our website, you can find out how to request a signature sheet. You can fill it out and send it back to us, or you can request uh, for us to mail you one when we will we'll send you the entire ballot initiative the signature sheet where you can send it, set, um, sign it, and then a postage paid return envelope. So we could um, collect the signatures. Um, because of COVID, normally in these type of ballot initiatives, you would go out you know, and talk to the people, you know, go to a farmer's market or any type of uh, events, and you would talk to people directly. And unfortunately, because of COVID, we've had to change our tactics. You know, and so that's why um, we've decided to do this signature sheet, you know, request via our website. Um, and of course, because of that, that also costs money. So um, if people first would like to request a signature sheet so they can see how it works, um, they could understand what the ballot initiative really is, what it's all about. Um, they could send that back to us. Um, another way they can uh, help us is volunteering to do, we, we've got a couple of things that we're working on right now, which is our social media. Um, so we need volunteers for that. We need volunteers for phone banking and text banking. Um, and we really wanna, we made a goal that we wanna reach every single Oregonian. We want everyone to know about us. You know, uh, maybe some people might not agree and that's okay. Um, but we want to make sure that everybody at least is aware of our campaign. And so we've had to try to do things differently. So thank you so much for this opportunity to talk to, to us and, you know, share our ideas. How many signatures do you have yet to go to get to the 1,000 mark? Um, Antonio, do you know the answer yeah. to that? Uh, as of last count, a bit under 400. So you have about 600 signatures currently. Yeah, 600, oh, we have over 600 now, yeah. I think it was 625 the last time I heard. That's that's close enough, yeah. That's, that's, if that's not the right number, that is very close to the right number, yeah. 
And then uh, when you get the thousand, you get to send it to a state office that will let you know if the language is correct on the ballot initiative, if it meets all Oregon state laws for a ballot initiative. But you have to have a thousand signatures before that determination can be made. That's correct. Yeah. And, uh, and we feel really confident that, um, that that process, it's going to take a while because it, it's a legal process and, and people will have varying opinions, but we feel really good that, uh, that it'll just be a matter of time until we get a, a nice ballot title, uh, which will be the, the, the language that will accompany the, the signature sheet to get the other 100,000 signatures that we're going to need to qualify. And also you'll be in the voters pamphlet uh, for November 2022. So then that's, that, that's just a, you know, it's just a process and we're following the process as, as specified and it's, and it's fine, you know, um, it's not a fast thing, but it, it's, it's just a thing. Um, I want to touch back on, on Francis on what you're saying about like the, the media, the media, the, the media battle that is going to ensue closer to the election, closer to November 2022. Right, yeah. As you said, and as Patty said, that's gonna happen. You know, there's there's no doubt. You know, uh, these giant corporations would rather not pay taxes. And we are not going to judge necessarily, but that's just the thing. And I, I like to go back to to the conversation that we have with with people, as we talk to, as we talk with each other about, you know, our lived experience. So is it is it easy to make ends meet, or is it getting progressively harder? Is the pandemic making things easier, or is the pandemic making things harder? Would seven hundred fifty dollars help you? Would $750 for every member of your household help for a family of four? That's about 3,000 bucks, right? For the typical Oregon family, it's about a four or 5% salary increase, right? That's a big deal, right? And so um, it's fine for Comcast who your audience knows and possibly loves to 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 flood me with messages about how the world's going to come to an end if heaven forbid that comcast starts to pay their fair share in taxes but at the end of the day you know i i know me and i know my family and i know the bills that i pay every month and you know yeah 750 bucks will help a bit you know it's done i mean it's not gonna I'm not going to be a millionaire. It's not about greed on, on our side. It's about helping make ends meet, you know? And, and I think that that is a compelling message. And I think that people, particularly, we started this thing before the pandemic, believe it or not, which, is, which it feels bizarre to think that we were relevant before the pandemic. And now with the pandemic, it's like, oh my God, this is like really, really relevant and really urgent, right? But you know, the pandemic is gonna end one day, hopefully knock on wood. And is, are things gonna be magically better for everybody? Realistically, probably not, right? All the difficulties that we had before the pandemic 
are going to still be there, except that we will have been sort of locked at home for a year, a year and a half, hopefully, no more than that. Uh, so, so will the Iron People's Rebate help? Yeah, we think it will. And we think that people will be receptive to that. And because that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to help folks. That's kind of what we're all about, right? It's, it's called the People's Rebate for a reason. How did you come up with a 3% figure? I mean, if we pay 9% and they pay less than 1%, why didn't you come up with 4% that they should pay? And is that 3% written in stone? Is it unchangeable into the future without another referendum? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Good question. Um, to a certain degree, some of these things are arbitrary, right? Because like at the height, like in the, in the 60s, right? Or, or actually even 70s, the, the highest corporate rate in America was like 90% or some crazy number, right? Like back in like Eisenhower days. And and IBM did fine back then, you know, like, it, like they were not like, you know, they, they were not impoverished. It was still a giant corporation, right? And so did Ford and, and like all these companies did just fine paying that those taxes. Things have changed, fine, whatever. Let's not get all historical about it. <laughs> But, um, you know, we, there are many things that require revenue. We think that it makes sense to seek the revenue from those with the highest capacity to pay. And, and it's not, it's not a, that's not a moral argument necessarily, but it's like a mathematical argument. So, for example, now during the pandemic, our main streets are are particularly suffering, and the really the only corporations that are doing well are like the giant ones, right? The Amazons, right? So it, it makes sense to have the corporations with the highest ability to pay a little more because they make more money and they pay less taxes. Why three percent and not four percent? Um why three percent? We started off. Uh, I guess we 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 could have picked four percent. So and we also could have picked five percent. Uh, we thought that we had initially wanted to do two and a half percent, but uh, because we had to restart for to qualify for the twenty twenty two campaign, we increased that to three uh, percent. But you're right; it could have been. And any old number, uh, we're going to get attacked the same way. It's right. completely sort of arbitrary. Yeah. Um, and and it, I mean, it's just a law. This is not a constitutional amendment. So the legislature could change this by, with a simple act. And well, it's so just the, the legislator can bring it from 3% to 4% if they want to in the future. Oh, yeah. Sure. I see. Yeah. They could hey, act I Go ahead, Patty. I'm sorry. And I think that's it's just a floor, right? It's just a, a beginning, right? Uh, we could uh, potentially increase it, you know, over time. Um, but we, I think Antonio wanted to keep it low enough so it's not so shocking to people. And if they're paying less than one eighth of 1%, you know, I think asking folks to pay a little bit more corporations specifically to pay a little bit more, it's not so much, it's not a big, you know, a hardship. It's something that they could potentially 
put into their business model and, and, and slowly, you know, we don't want, like, we don't want to hurt anybody, right? We just want corporations to pay their fair share, right? So. So it's 30% fair as, and I was curious on what other states minimum wage is, minimum corporate tax is, is it higher than Oregon or is it about the same as Oregon for other states? Or is Oregon particularly low for some reason? Yeah, thank you, Francis. I was gonna in talk about that now. So you read my mind. Uh, currently, Oregon has the lowest corporate tax burden in, in, in all, among all 50 states. Wow. So, so the, the take home message there is that for every dollar that Comcast makes in Oregon, they get a greater percentage of profit from it. So increasing our minimum corporate tax to 3% bumps Oregon from like the 50th or the 49th to 17th in among states. So to give your listeners an idea, that puts us right next to Nevada. So, so, so you don't really get a feeling that Comcast and Walmart are struggling in Nevada. You don't get a feeling that Nevada is a particularly like anarchist jurisdiction, or I mean, it's not a socialist utopia there. You know, it's just it's just Nevada, right? We can drive there in like three and a half hours. It's totally cool. Um, and so, so yeah, so we think that that's a reasonable thing. We'll be a little bit more like Nevada in that way. That's fine. Well, that's interesting. I never knew our corporate tax was the lowest in the nation, which makes much more sense right. to raise it and not only to raise it, but to give all that money to us, the people. Right, because it's it's your money in the first place, right? Like Walmart has money because we go to Walmart and at the register, we give them money. Like it's, it's our money. You may go to Walmart, <laughs> I don't go to Walmart. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody goes to Walmart. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's literally just a rebate. I mean, it's not, it's not their profit. It's just a rebate on the money that we collectively as a state spend in these giant corporations. Yeah. So you need a total uh, in a couple, by a couple years, you need a total of a hundred thousand signatures and then you need it to pass after that. So, uh, you're on an uh, an ambitious goal here. So thank you for doing all that work. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Francis. Um, in case anybody is doing the math while they, while they listen, it's 112,020 valid signatures. So it's a little bit more than 100,000, but who's counting? We'll count, but we don't need to count just yet. Um, uh, yeah, I, and I think that it's a lot of work but it's beautiful work and it's life-affirming work to, to me, right? Um, and when we have conversations and, and we meet people where they are, we meet our neighbors where they are, hey, could you use $750? Would it help your family? Would it help your community? Overwhelmingly, that's a yes. And, and that is why we're spending so much energy, emotional energy and physical energy in doing the initiative is because we, we firmly believe, and sorry, I'm saying we, Patty, uh, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but 
I firmly believe that this work is going to make Oregon a little bit of a better place. And, and that's what drives me and that's why we do this. And, um, and I think that as Patty was saying, if your listeners agree, let's go. Many hands make light work. There's no cavalry coming to save us and do this work for us, believe it or not. You know, this is, we are people powered and we really mean that. So let's go. There's a, on opr2022.org, there's a, there's a join us form. People can put their info in, express what they like to do and how much of it. And then, you know, we have a system where people get plugged in and then they, they help move forward, right? We're a statewide um, campaign. We're not just trying to collect signatures out of Portland. None of us are in Portland, but that's fine. <laughs> so, I mean, so if you know, you know, we need signatures from everywhere, right? We need signatures from Douglas County. We need signatures from, from everywhere. So let's act locally to make Oregon collectively a better place. Well, I guess you can uh, at least just uh, request signature sheets and have your family sign it and send it back. I mean, if everyone did that, that'd be a lot of signatures right there. That's exactly right. And that is how we are organized. So we send the default that we send is a, is a five line signature sheet because it's, you know, normally it's a, it's a couple or, 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 or maybe a few others. And that is wonderful, right? We wanna make sure that nobody gets sick or puts anybody else at risk during the pandemic. <laughs> So, you know, we mail it to you, you fill it in, you mail it right back, like Patty described, and it takes 10 minutes of your time. And it's gonna be the, if you think about the math of an investment, if you spend 10 minutes of your time signing a ballot initiative, then maybe two minutes in 2022 voting for it, that could be, that would turn into a $750 annual payout to you for the rest of your life. That's, a, that's pretty good. <laughs> and only uh, re voters registered in the state of Oregon can sign it. Is that correct? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That, that is correct. correct. It's an Oregon people's region. Yeah. So we should all get registered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. Register and vote. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Is it Oregon, uh, OregonVotes.gov? I think it's a webpage on that. For, for the Secretary of State? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. I'll put that in the uh, description too, just in case someone needs to register to vote. That's important. Or update yeah. your registration. Or help with registration. Actually, okay. we, do, we do have a link on our website when you request a signature sheet to make sure that your voter uh, registration is up to date. Yeah. All right. Mm. What haven't I asked you that I should have asked you? Mm. I just want to remind your listeners that we can use all the help that you want to help with, right? You could uh, sign the signature sheet, you know, if you if you have a few hours a day or a few hours to donate, help uh, donate uh, with the campaign, um, we can use all the help we can get. So we are people powered and uh, yeah, like Antonio said, you know, the more people, the lighter the work. So 
We appreciate you, Francis, and we appreciate your listeners for listening in to our uh, new ballot initiative for 2022. Uh, and thank you. Yeah. Anything else, Antonio? No, thank you, Patty. Um, what you said is perfect. Again, thank you so much. And thank you as well, Francis, to you and your listeners. Uh, this is a treat to share this hour with you all. Well, thank you. Uh, this is Conservation Today. I'm your host, Francis Etherington, and we have been talking with Patty Sharon and Antonio Gisbert. Thank you. On the Oregon People's Rebate. So thank you two for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Welcome to the U.S. occupation To win the hearts and minds Defend all humankind Tell the banks and the corporations We're here to occupy the U.S.A. Congress and the hedge funds Stole our houses and our pensions Conspired to steal our health care At conservative conventions We're here to stand our ground We demand our jobs with justice 99% in charge, now you'll just have to trust us. Stop the Excel pipeline in its tracks across the heartland. Reject the filthy energy extracted from the tar sands. Clinton and TransCanada exposed before the nation. Corruption forces us to organize a new invasion. Welcome to the U.S. occupation. And minds defend all humankind, tell the banks and the corporations we're here to occupy the USA. This occupation won't be one with guns or ammunition, armed with creativity and righteous indignation. We do all the work, so we have the power to stop it. No workers, no work. Not until we share the profits. We support our unions and our right to organize. Students, homeless, immigrants, our strength struggled far too long, now let this be a sign. 1% in power, meet the other 99. Welcome to the U.S. occupation, to win the hearts and minds, defend all humankind, tell the banks and the corporations, we're here to occupy.